Good evening, everyone. It's Wes, Andy, and Hank back for uh, Fandom Power. It's the continuation of our Fan Bash review series where uh, we review uh, the latest and greatest episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch, as we uh, do here on the show. Of course, we're covering all of your plot points, all of the Easter eggs, and the greater Star Wars lore connections like nobody else on the interwebs does, I think. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Gentlemen, how are we? Not bad. Not bad at all. We missed you last week on Random Phantom, Hank. It wasn't the same without you. Yeah, man. How did, uh, it was a good time nonetheless. Uh, other than our our technological faux pas, I think yeah. it was okay. They called our bluff and we lost. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> when you tell people you are a call in show, you should make sure that your call in feature actually works. It's not halfway there. It did. It did. <laughs> they were able to call the phone. Uh, that's true. At me holding my phone to the microphone, like, okay, this is going to work really well. No, <laughs> it really didn't. Um, but we'll fix that for next time. So, yep. Um. Wow, this week, uh, the uh, the crossing episode uh, number nine. Mm. Um, what did you guys think? Do you want to go first, Hank? Okay, <laughs> um, I gotta I gotta preface first. I didn't dislike it in any way, but I was sure. completely wrong because we hopped right back into the sort of uh, uh, adventure of the week uh, scenario again, and. I know there's a there's a second part to this coming up like we're serialized at this point anyway so uh, i'm not going to you know go oh there's no real point to that i just want to see things that drive that big narrative that we got teased forward and i don't know yeah. if that this is doing that certainly it's uh, a character study uh for for tack and for omega i think um I, I continue to see what I've been saying in the, this this whole season that Hunter is really struggling for his uh, position in a non-militaristic group. You know, everybody else has their right. their spots, but I so I feel like it was a character uh, character episode, really, um, and and really a big um, big episode for Tech, your buddy Tech. I think it was a you know we get to learn a lot about how he ticks. As a huge, I mean, I've said it before, uh, Tech has been my favorite character since season one. And this episode um, almost brought me to tears over how much character development they jammed into that character in just a couple seconds. You know, for anybody who's ever felt like they were different, that they couldn't relate, that they just felt like they operated on such a different level and couldn't understand why they were different than everybody else. Yeah. I felt for him so much in that moment. It almost brought me to tears. I love this character. I'm glad that we've spent as much time as we have with him and I can't wait to, uh, to experience more with him, especially now that we've broken the, uh, the, the cold exterior. And now we know that there is a living, breathing, emotional, person underneath and to see how that how that goes yeah to see how that goes with the with the rest of the batch it was a neat parallel like i'm kind of biased here but uh if you liken him to somebody on the spectrum super smart that's exactly what i thought fully autistic exactly (laughs) what i thought yes right fully autistic he's still processing and it's still the wheels are turning the same as everyone else just not like everyone else he just doesn't understand that his 
and I don't want to call it gruff because it's not a gruff exterior. No, it, it's it, a it's a matter of fact. Yeah, you know, it's like, here's your black and white. That's it. It's super Spock like. Oh, he's very spotless. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's yeah, very yeah. detached from his emotions. Yeah. We got to dive more into the fallout of Omega, like her emotional mindset this episode. Oh, yeah. We absolutely. And uh, a lot of different touches for like sci fi properties I found anyway. Uh, well, I hope you fill us in as we go because I didn't, I felt more connected to the spaghetti western uh, this week than I did anything else. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, especially with the music this week. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, the overall premise of it, like the way I thought of it at first, left me thinking one way. But I just saw a theory pop up that says maybe there's a different way to look at it. But we'll get there later. Well, okay. Well, uh, before we get going, uh, before we get uh, right into the breakdown, oh, I mean, uh, this we ca we cannot miss. I know he's waiting here somewhere. That's fine. Where is it? Time again. Maybe it is time for bad Star Wars jokes. All right, this week I want to do something a little bit different. Uh, this week, our bad Star Wars joke, we actually got a submission. Man. Nice. This comes from a friend of the show, Greg, who lives uh, all the way down in Florida, sent me a meme. Right. Who's listening in the audio version of the of the show? I apologize for this one, but uh, you'll have to come over to YouTube to get the video version. Our uh, Our joke tonight goes something like this. So we've got uh, Luke Skywalker, and he's holding up a picture of a triangle. It says, what do you call this? And Yoda says, a triangle. Then Luke says, there are no triangles. There are only new angles. And then Yoda dies of cringe. Oh, <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> Is that worth one? Is that worth I it? Think okay, it's worth it. Have no fear, though, for everybody else <laughs> covered. I've got another one for you. Guys, what do you call three dead Jedi on the end of Darth Vader's lightsaber? The oh latest my. on the list. <laughs> three dead Jedi on the end of uh, Vader's lightsaber. What do you call that? I don't know. What do you call that? Shish kebab. Shish uh, Jedi. Sith kebab. Sith kebab. I was saying it was kebab. in there somewhere. Nice. <laughs> I was all around it. <laughs> Uh, is it getting old yet? No, no, okay, that's good. Never. Thanks, Greg, for sending us your meme. Uh, really love it, guys. If you've got a bad Star Wars joke that you uh, would like us to read uh, live on air, you can send it to us at uh, fandompower3 at gmail.com. You can drop it in the in the comments, or you can hit us up on any of our socials. We're on uh, all of them. Uh, so Most of them, yeah. Once again, this has been another installment of Bad Star Wars Jokes. All right, you guys ready to get into the uh, the actual episode itself? Yes. Let's do it. All right, so this week, uh, the episode, it's 209. It's called Crossing. It aired on Wednesday, February 15th, uh, 2023. This one is written by Brooke Roberts. Now, that's, uh, that's a new name for us. Uh, have I got a slide for Brooke? I do have a slide for her. Why is that looking weird? Oh, I know why. There we go. Brooke Roberts, she's a story editor, writer, and producer on uh, The Flash uh, for the CW. She also worked as a producer on the Prime video series, The Terminal List, with uh, Chris Pratt. By the way, that's coming back. It's getting another season. Uh, I cannot wait for that. It was so good. If you have not seen it, have not. Oh, do go. If you are you a Clancy fan? Eh, not so much. No. Well, I haven't really watched anything since like the Tom Cruise. Uh, what was it? The Firm. 
Oh, oh, well, it's not like, like that. Like ages ago. Uh, but it definitely uh, is Clancy esque in the way that uh, Jack Reachers and whatnot. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ex Navy Seal, and now, uh, it, and I'm not going to spoil it. It's yeah. it's very good. Fair enough. Uh, this episode is also directed by uh, Nathaniel Villanova. Again, we have an advertised uh, runtime this week of uh, 30 minutes or an actual runtime of 26 minutes and nine seconds without titles or credits. And our episode synopsis this week, it reads, the team tackles a risky mission on a hostile world. All right, so the episode opens uh, with the Havoc Marauder coming in for a landing on an unnamed rocky planet. The terrain is a dense uh, mix of mesas and canyons, and it does not look very conducive to starships at all. What's really cool here is that Kevin Kinner's score, uh, which sounds uh, like it's right out of a spaghetti western. Setting the ship down on a ledge uh, of a canyon. Uh, wall oh, did I not? Uh, oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a little bit better. <laughs> Setting the ship down on the ledge of the canyon wall, the Bad Batch disembark, loaded with what looks like climbing gear, and they head off in search of something. With Tech using his uh, data pad to navigate, the crew moves toward a large, uh, a giant vault-like door that's built into the canyon wall nearby. A large platform with a set of stairs uh, leads up to it uh, just below the opening. And as the batch approaches, Tech tells them that according to the coordinates provided by Sid, they have arrived at the mine that she has reached, recently purchased. Apparently, she's got her fingers in many pots now, racing and now <laughs> mining. Okay. Speaking matter-of-factly, Omega asks, and we're supposed to do what? Tech replies uh, by telling her that they are to uh, excavate the mine for a mineral called Ipsium, adding that it is a highly, value, uh, highly valuable in its refined form. Yet in its raw state, it is extremely combustible, likening it to a primed thermal detonator. While dusting off the control box at the uh, top of the staircase, Tech inserts a keycard, throws the lever to open the door. Giant locking pins unhinge around the perimeter of the circular door, and it slowly swings open, revealing a dark uh, passage inside. But the low rumbling of thunder off in the distance gets the attention of Hunter, and he turns to see what looks like a massive sandstorm off in the distance. Kneeling, he sifts uh, through some dirt and rocks uh, through his fingers. Tech asks if there's a problem, and Hunter says that the storm is moving away from them and they should be fine. He then lays out the plan that he and Tech will mine the Ipsium while Wrecker and Omega will be on lookout. And Wrecker questions both of us, and uh, Tech interjects that with Echo gone, they're now down a man and they'll need Wrecker to help with the mining. While taking it all in, Omega tells the boys to go and she will be the lookout. But Hunter shakes his head no as he tells her not alone, because Sid warned them about poachers in the area poachers what are they poaching poaching the mine poaching the claim like <laughs> claim jumping is that what we're talking about maybe or maybe they're poaching the animals that uh, show up later i never did quite i wanted to circle back to it but by the time i got to the end and the end of the episode i still wasn't clear on what it was that shows the, the poaching was in reference to probably d all of the above eh, maybe yeah. maybe well yeah. considering the lock they have to put on that mine well yeah 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 uh, picking up the empty mineral container, Hunter points to Wrecker and he says, uh, keep your eyes peeled and calm us if you uh, see anyone. 
Then he and Tech head up the stairs into the mine while Omega and Wrecker turn back towards the Havoc Marauder. Now, um, I'm going to talk about Ipsium here for a second. This is a brand new mineral that we've never uh, heard of before. Uh, but given Tech's description, it does sound like it might be related to coaxium, uh, which is also highly volatile in its uh, refined state or unrefined mm -hmm. state, I should say. Hmm. So who knows? Ipsium, coaxium, they all kind of, it's a lot of EMs. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see a periodic table from Star Wars. I even went so far as to compare the two of them to Rhydonium, but Rhydonium seemed to be a little bit different than the other two. Hmm. Although the planet is uh, unnamed, the terrain kind of gives me uh, the similar vibes that we got from Arvala 7. That's the planet where uh, 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 Mandalorian uh, bounty hunter Din Djarin rescued the child. It's also where he met uh, Quill. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that this is Arvala 7, but I'm also not saying that it's not. It kind of, it just gives me that, hmm, maybe... Unbeknownst to the clones, a cloaked and masked figure watches uh, watches them from the opposite side of the canyon uh, through macro binoculars. Panning from the entrance to the mine uh, over to where the Havoc Marauder is resting, we can see from the shadowing that the ship is not visible from the mine entrance. Right. Something the masked observer can see as well as they lower their binoculars and then crawl back from the edge of the canyon. Some Hondo Anaka vibes from that masked observer. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, uh, my first question is, who is our masked observer? Um, <laughs> the garments they they give off very much a, a Hondo Onaka uh, vibe. Now that could yeah. just be a, a mining helmet, but like, oh, they see they have they almost have a I stubby stature to them. So my first thought was an Ugnot, but. In the, really, in the yeah. employ of of Hondo Anaka, and that's perfect. That fits so perfectly. Like, I almost got the impression that that this person was uh, was kind of slight. Uh, I wonder if that's if that's a woman under there. Maybe, maybe. I think it's human. I, I think that the mask and uh, um, the mask and the helmet is part of an overall disguise. Well, the mask to me says respirator. Uh, it totally does. It definitely yeah for this particular planet. Uh, absolutely it is like if you're going to be stuck out in one of those sandstorms that's what you need checking in on the comments tonight it's uh tjc good evening all uh i was fortunate enough to uh, take place in uh, a live stream this afternoon over on the uh, toy connections uh, channel uh, with uh, tjc as well so thank you for joining this evening as we uh, make our way through uh the crossing but yeah i you know could it be uh, part of the onaka gang we've circled around this how many times now I need me some Hondo. <laughs> so like, what are the chances uh, that this, I and mean, this is just one of those wild ones that, you know, I like to swing, swing pretty wide at these. What if that's fee? I, you know, it could be. Cause she would be privy to their location. She might be uh, in that sense of like that. You owe me one. We've already seen fee Genoa assert her sort of, stature uh like she holds has something on sid yeah and maybe this is just one of those you know now i've worked with them i've seen what they can do that ship could be an improvement mm. i don't know because technically hunter already paid her back or one by saving that's true no that's yeah that's yeah. true that's true um and then i mean on the opposite end of the spectrum is this just a claim jumper or one oh, of the poachers okay. right Right. Or somebody that was just sort of, you know, stuck here, like 
they now are. <laughs> no. I can I can still see there being locals here. Are are about to be. I, guess. I mean, they kind of look like they're you know that 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 chest plate and stuff. Like, looks like it's armor. Like, they, it could they, be. They're, it could they're dressed well for the environment. You know, there's like yeah. Well, like you said, Andy, the respirator yeah. is the is the uh, is the big one, which I'm going to bring up later on because that's one thing that actually bothered me about this episode. All right. That being said, uh, moving forward, inside the mine, Tech uses his data pad to scan for uh, Ipsium, unable to detect any sizable amount of the volatile mineral. He tells Hunter that it appears that Sid was deceived into buying an empty mine. Um, but um, Hunter keeps uh, tells him to keep scanning and that they'll extract whatever they can. Now, rounding a corner, Tech, uh, tech detects a faint reading on his data pad. Lowering his helmet visor, he sees an x-ray view of a small mineral deposit a few meters away at the top of the tunnel. Uh, and the translation there this week, it says, uh, Ipsium detected. Moving down the tunnel underneath the deposit, Tech says that it will be hard to extract. Hunter says that they'll need to carve out a bigger opening in the rock to get at it. But Tech says that because of the volatility of the Ipsium, the slightest friction around the deposit could cause a destructive chain reaction. And, uh, looking back up at where the deposit is hunter asks then uh, what do you suggest djc says uh, maybe sid hired someone to steal the ship and strand them there that is the theory that popped up on youtube well that does not seem uh, yeah. uncharacteristic for uh what we've seen uh or what we think we've been building to over the last few episodes i mean the second tech said i think she bought a dead mine i thought it was a setup setup it felt like a setup right from the beginning. Well, and so that goes right back to what I said. What if that's fee and they're working together? Mm. Oh God, I hate it when we're, you know, I like it when we're right, but I also hate it. I'm going to say no, <laughs> because if you characterize Sid, she's yes, had them under her thumb, but yeah. they've also saved her ass a couple Agreed. Times Agreed. And similar to the Santa Claus three, where Jack Frost was all evil all it took was the kid to warm his heart. I think oh, okay. Omega has already done that with Sid. I don't think we're there yet. I think you're partially right. I don't think Sid's uh, exterior is fully melted yet. Oh, I, no. I still but, think there's a follow to that Wookiee thing. Cause that's, I that's also like, do. Yeah. That's yeah. like, a, um, I don't know. It's like a cultural crime to them or something. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. That's a big deal. Almost like religious desecration to it. Yeah. 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 Trying to, they were, religiously desecrating the Wookiee planet. Well, no, this is it. But I mean, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. they're like primordial enemies. Yes. Well, outside the mine, Omega sits on the ground, rolling a stone in the palm of her hand uh, while Wrecker stands guard. After rolling it over a couple of times, Omega angrily pitches the stone uh, down into the canyon below. Uh, Wrecker asks her, what's with you? And Omega tells him that uh, she was thinking about Echo and how weird it is that without him around, Wrecker agrees with her saying, yeah, but you'll get used to it. Well, just then Omega's comm link goes off and it's a tech calling for help. Omega tells him that she's on her way and then lets out uh, a sigh before getting up to enter the mine. Uh, Follow-up from uh, TJC says, uh, Sid didn't want to send help for them, which means that maybe she wanted them out of the way, at least temporarily. That's yeah, point for it. It definitely yeah. uh, it, it all. I think all roads in this kind of point to something's off with her. Yeah, yeah. 
but we kind of know that going forward, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. She might be doing it under duress because of whatever fee has on her. True. Now, I want to come back to this, uh, the, the, stone. the stone thing. Now, I, I, Hank, I didn't ask you this. I, Andy, I did ask you. You asked me this, and I, I didn't notice. I watched it. Time, I but... watched this sequence several times over, and I went yep. back, and I'm like, did anybody feel like when she was rolling that rock in her hand that there was she like was using the force a fraction <laughs> of a second where the rock kind of got a Loaded. little floaty? I, like, I did I see that? Like, did that I wasn't happen? Sure or if that, that was a, a flaw in the animation because I, the other place that I went. The, the the if there's any problem that all these shows have had including clone wars is that the hands are a bit clunky yeah super super hard as a as a former animating school guy and a and a and a drawer extensively hands are some of the worst things in the world to have to yeah. animate and uh the the tweening that you do in in cgi which is basically you draw the hand once in its starting position and then you draw it in its ending position and the computer yeah does the rest for you because yeah. it's so monotonous it's not quite there yet so you know somewhere in between that and i thought she was literally maybe rolling it with the uh with the force a little bit i, I don't doubt maybe. that she literally was palming the rock but there's one point where when the rock rolls over i'm like wait right. a minute wait right. whoa right. whoa so I, I mean, I don't know. The like the physics are pretty good now. It, it could be, it could be like I say, a little bit of clunky physics. But um, I, I, I've I've been saying since season one, I think she's force sensitive. So we've sort of been on that bandwagon for a while. And I mean, especially since now that we've been uh, reintroduced to Gunji, I could not help but put these two images together: uh, Omega meditating with the rock in her hand, right, right up against Ray. Uh, meditating amongst the rocks and, mm -hmm. and vibrating the rocks uh, in the last Jedi. There's a real parallel there that it's just hard to ignore. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, inside the tunnel, uh, Hunter boosts Omega onto a beam so uh, she can stand on it to reach the Ipsium deposit. But taking a drilling device from Hunter, Omega asks what she needs to do. Tech then tells her that she has to drill into the fossilized quartz. Fossilized? Fossils of what? I don't know, but it makes cool colors. Mm -hmm. but she has to be very precise. Otherwise, the Ipsium will be compromised. But before Tech can finish, Omega cuts him off matter-of-factly with chain reaction, explosion, got it. <laughs> no sass there at all. No. Now, is it just me or did that drill thing look a little bit like uh, Peter Quill's blaster? from guardians oh i could see that mm -hmm. i can see that for sure i can just a thought using the drill omega begins to bore into the deposit from below hunter calmly and slow uh, slowly tells her be very careful and mimicking hunter's tone omega says i know <laughs> <laughs> very teenagers no sass there whatsoever <laughs> I loved it, by the way. Uh, then removing the drill from the newly bored out hole, Omega flips the drill bit out of the way and switches to an extraction tool. Carefully inserting the syringe-like tip into the hole, uh, the built-in container on the drill begins to fill with a yellow liquid. Removing the storage canister from the drill, she crouches down and hands it to Hunter, who in turn hands it off to Tech to be placed into the empty storage tank. Tech praises her work with good. Then handing an empty canister back to Hunter, he adds again. 
<laughs> like do this now. <laughs> Here, here's another reference for you. The, yeah. uh, the liquid or gel coming out. Yep. Uh, could it be Mojo as in Austin powers, getting his Mojo stolen Getting his Mojo stolen. Oh, <laughs> Mojo extraction complete. Mojo. Ex- <laughs> There's Mojo extractors in star Wars. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Outside the mine, Wrecker watches uh, the storm as it rages off in the distance, uh, blissfully unaware that the masked figure that had been seen observing them, uh, or that had been observing them, is now speeding towards the Havoc Marauder on a small speeder bike. Jumping off the speeder, the masked figure runs their hand over the plating on the uh, starboard engine. As the rest of the crew emerge from the mine, Excuse me. Wrecker turns to tell them that the storm is changing course. Checking his data pad, Tech asserts that the weather patterns are very irregular. And with that, Hunter says they they have what they came for, so let's get back to Ord Mantell. Wrecker picks up the storage tank um, and turns to head out, but suddenly Hunter is alerted to something and he leaps off the platform running towards the edge of the canyon. Omega says, that sounds like our ship. And the Batch watch in disbelief as the Havoc Marauder rockets off, having been stolen by the Masked Observer. Um, at this point, it's really worth <laughs> mentioning. Um, guys, y- you know, you're not covered if you leave the keys in it and the door unlocked. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we've brought this up before, like with we Mando, absolutely just leaving have, the door open. Yeah, just, yeah, ramp down. Yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. be fine. It'll yeah, be fine. Nobody will go in there. Boba's armor piled right in front of the door. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's happened. Okay. They finally, someone got their ship stolen. I thought they were smarter than that. You can't leave your car unlocked anywhere anymore. No, you broken into. You can't. I mean, it must go both ways. How many times have we seen the the rebels or the good guys just steal a ship? It's, it's, it's sort of about time. It's gone the other way. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Now here's the big question. Are they going to get it back? I believe. Yes. You do, eh? Yes. Mando never got the razor crest back. No. That well, circumstance was a little more uh, unequivocally kaboom to bed. Sure, but, sure. And, and where Mando's I, concerned, sorry. You know, uh, lo- love it to death and love collecting the uh, the sort of the the toys around it, and nothing yep. would yep. surprise me uh, less than uh, a missing ship, so they could introduce a new ship. Uh, you know <laughs> something not now this 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 tracks back with what you'd said before hank about how it might be beneficial actually how much it took you out of it that they were able to just fly casually right up to the front door at coruscant yeah um, so something a little more civilian-y might, sure. might work uh you know and uh, would it would be cool to see uh tech flex and, and mod something up and uh you know do something cool and original like not that this isn't original we've never seen characters just jet around in one of these using it oh. as a personal sort of ship but um yeah I, I i i think it's probably a gateway to a new ship to a new ship which is uh at the end of the day uh it's it's really good marketing so hank you're you're saying new ship andy you're thinking they'll will they will get it back yeah basically oh. because like in the mandalorian it's aimed at an older audience you can accept yeah. that a ship got blown up this one we're still I know we're old guys reviewing it, but it's still aimed towards a younger audience. And true, Omega yeah. goes out of her way. Like, that's our home. Mm, that well, is also see, true. So there's she, there's a look in her her. eyes, and I can't, when I see that, I think I even paused it my second or third time watching the episode, and I went, that all she's 
like as a child, uh, I left a teddy bear at an airport and I like yeah. cried oh, on the flight yeah. the whole time because I, you know what yeah. I mean? It was gone when we got back. Of course, we were in California with my dad for two weeks or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. I was really young, five, six years old. And I know she's older than that. But all I could think was as she was almost tearing up there was like she's thinking about her Tuca cat. The Tuca doll. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, how, yeah, like, yeah. 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 Because like, you know, she like, just lost her brother. This yeah. is the personal yeah. connection she's that, losing her that home she has with that. And right. Her, yeah. 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 That's why I think they're going to get it back. Um, Fair enough. Perhaps. But she's been learning like these uh, tough life lessons. You yeah. Know, like, like the last one, even when lose. you do right, you could still lose. Yeah. So, she, yeah, you know, and then nothing is permanent. And she's, uh, you know. No. She's certainly gravitating to those Jedi things. True. All right. So, oh, we got a comment here. Uh, TJC says, just thinking, uh, was the Marauder one of the ships at the end of Rise of Skywalker in the mm -hmm. civilian fleet? Now, that's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. Did the Bad Batch come out before or after Rise of Skywalker? After, I believe. Man, they had every animation asset that they could go. Three three of the ships from uh, from Star Wars Resistance, uh, the Fireball was one. Um, yeah. And the two others that made it in there. And I... I don't know, but now I'm going to, a bunch of I'm going to have to go and look at a fill in the sky too, but uh, for sure. Yeah. Tens check. of thousands of ships, every animation asset. I think they owned went into that shot. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. somehow. Now I'm going to look that one up. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up though. Okay. Let's move on here for a second. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, with a crushed look, Omega watches the, the look. It's the look. <laughs> watches as the ship flies off towards the storm. Hunter, meanwhile, uh, wheels on Wrecker and angrily berates him. You were supposed to be on lookout. And defending himself, Wrecker snaps back. There was no one there. And then Tech piles on as he says, clearly that was not the case. Omega looks up at Hunter and he pulls off his helmet as she asks him, there's got to be a way to get it back. But Hunter can't even make eye contact with her. Turning to look at the storm, the crew sees that it is electrically charged and it's moving towards them at a very quick pace. Still angry at the situation, Tech asks Wrecker how he missed their ship getting stolen. And Wrecker tells him that had he landed it where it could actually have been seen, he would have noticed anyone on the approach. Omega watches wide-eyed as her brothers argue. Now, on the defensive, Tech shoots back at Wrecker that there was no other suitable landing zone. With the storm getting closer, an exasperated hunter says, We can't stay here any longer. Where's the nearest town? And then checking his data pad, Tech says that uh, he scanned a spaceport when they flew in, and it is 40 kilometers south of where they are now. He suggests that maybe they can get some transportation there. Wrecker protests, Do you know how long that'll take? And Tech says that uh, without access to their ship and therefore no access to long-range communications, there really is no other option. Sighing, Hunter breaks, up them, uh, breaks them up mid-argument with, let's move. As the clones head out, a dejected Omega drops her head and stares at the ground for a moment before bringing up the rear. Uh, obviously they included the ghost. Yes, yeah. they did. That was, uh, that was hard to miss. Also that, uh, same class of ship, the VCX 100, uh, appeared a couple of times in, uh, Andor mm -hmm. in the, uh, used ship lot. All right. 
later on the crew walks down to the bottom of uh walks down the bottom of a deep canyon its walls are sheer and uh, rock formations crisscross uh, several meters overhead at the top wrecker passes a canteen to omega and she takes a drink and then hands it back then as wrecker takes a long pull from the canteen uh, omega pulls out her comlink at the same time wrecker asks how far is it to the spaceport Pulling out his data pad, Tech tells him that uh, he won't like the answer. Well, then Omega activates her comlink as she calls. Uh, Havoc 4, this is Havoc 5. Do you copy? Echo, are you there? Looking back over his shoulder, Hunter tells Omega that Echo is far too out of range to pick up their signal, while Tech adds, especially since he disabled his communication device. Confused, Omega asks, what? Why? And Tech tells her that he just assumed that Echo was on a sensitive mission. Um, have we heard the use of these call signs before? The Havoc call signs? Not that I can recall. I don't recall that, no. I don't recall that either. But I do like that it uses the similar convention to the Ghost Crew with the Spectre, the Spectre call signs. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's really cool. Possibly that it was established after the... Uh... Maybe. Maybe it was inspired by. Yeah. That's interesting to think. Uh, suddenly, Hunter signals for everyone uh, to stop. He looks down at the ground and sees that finer particles of dirt are now vibrating as a rumbling sound starts to grow louder. And the clones all turn around and Wrecker asks, What's that? Shocked at the growing thunder, Wrecker drops his canteen. Putting on his, uh, his helmet, Hunter grabs Omega by the shoulder and he shoves her toward the canyon walls as he shouts, run! A raging stampede of blue deer-like creatures numbering into the hundreds uh, barrels toward them. In seconds, the herd overtakes the crew and they're surrounded on all sides by the animals. Jumanji! Yeah, really. Spotting a low, a low stone column spanning the canyon, Hunter tosses a grappling hook over it and Omega scrambles up the line with Hunter right behind her. Not far behind them, Wrecker and Tech uh, toss additional lines, but before Wrecker can climb his, he's struck by one of the deer and he drops the Ipsium tank. Omega watches as uh, Wrecker is consumed in the dust, frantically calling out to him while both Hunter and Tech scan the herd, looking for any signs of him. And then slowly, Wrecker pulls himself up and out of the stampede. Shouting over the din of the raging herd, Tech tells Wrecker he has to protect the Ipsium, but Wrecker protests, what about protecting me? But in true Tech form, he points out that if the Ipsium were to explode, they'd all be dead. Dangling on his uh, grapple line, Wrecker looks down at the tank. Then uh, psyching himself up with a few deep breaths, he drops from his line, letting out a loud, yeah! Landing just a couple of feet from the Ipsium, uh, Wrecker dives on top of it, on top of it, and he uses his body like a shield while the rampaging deer thunder all around him. Omega watches in horror as the deer buck and jump over top of her brother, and uh, as fast as the deer came, suddenly it's over, and the last of the herd scampers down the canyon. And that's the other. Uh resemblance here is uh, lion king you do get a bit of a lion king vibe i went back and i rewatched the sequence and it's i i feel like other than the the stampede itself it it plays out very differently i mean canyon stampede yes 
but in the Lion King, uh, Mufasa is very quick to throw, yeah, to yeah. toss Simba out of it and then gets swept away himself, murder stomped. True, <laughs> that record made it, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I totally get the visual is definitely evocative of that, yeah. That or, like I said, the welcome to the jungle Jumanji, too. Sure, oh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, 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 stampede. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've had uh, other references to like mundane animals in Star Wars before. I know these guys, these are blue. Uh, these deer like creatures, I think they look uh, pretty cool with uh, two antlers on either side of their head and what looks like a third uh, blunt horn uh, above their nose. Hmm. Uh, if you took away the antlers and you lengthened uh, these guys' tails, they kind of have a similar look to the fathiers from the, the Canto Bite sequence of The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. Maybe distant relatives could, or something. Uh, possibly, possibly. Uh, there are other lore references to deer-like creatures in Star Wars, like the uh, Dugar Dugar, uh, which were specifically created for the Galaxy's Edge theme park. And although there are no animals in the park, they've actually, uh, there are places within the park in Galaxy's Edge where you can hear the the sound these animals are supposed to make. And it just helps to add to the 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 immersion uh, the immersive experience of galaxy's edge and they did show up in the uh, black spire uh, novel which is a new canon novel specifically for galaxy's edge nice yeah so uh who knows i mean we had sheep and andor so now we got <laughs> we got deer in uh, the bad batch while sliding down their lines the clones join wrecker who after tapping the ipsium tank affectionately uh, picks himself uh, up uh, with his hand on his lower back, he complains how sore it is. Tech uh, grabs the Ipsium tank and stands it up as he drops another, uh, his latest techism by uh, telling Wrecker not to drop it next time. Uh, so Wrecker says, why don't you carry it? And uh, without missing a beat, Tech answers plainly, fine, and slings it over his shoulder. Now, despite the stampede being over, the dust in the canyon uh, has not really settled. In fact, it seems like it's getting worse. Looking back down the canyon, the clones see the advancing storm, and it is very close. Almost on top of them, uh, pink bolts of lightning shoot out as the wind uh, picks up, and uh, Tech blurts out, well, uh, that would explain the stampede. The crew uh, uh, runs as a wall of thick dust fills the canyon. Large rocks carried on the wind whiz past, uh, one of them striking Wrecker in the shoulder. And then a huge bolt of lightning strikes the ground just a few meters behind them. But there's just no way that they can outrun the storm. And suddenly the clones are enveloped. Hunter shouts that they need to find some shelter. Dropping his visor, Tech is able to spot another mining tunnel uh, entrance up on the canyon wall. And he shouts it's just 30 meters ahead. Hunter leads the crew toward the entrance. Then suddenly Tech trips and he falls face first dropping the ipsium tank uh, but wrecker is right there to pick him up tech shouts the case but wrecker's only concern at this point is keeping his brother alive and he shouts forget it as he drags him off towards the entrance to the mine unlike the previous mine entrance this one has no door and uh, everyone is able to scramble inside relatively relatively unscathed looking back omega shouts where's the ipsium And then they all look back at the open doorway just in time to see the wind lift the case off the ground, hurl it towards the canyon wall where it explodes over the mine entrance, sealing them inside. 
Turns um, out they've been poaching safe doors. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else feel uh, feel sorry for Omega here? A bit. <laughs> the only one without a helmet. True. No air filtration. She's like <sighs> taking that all in. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly felt bad. Where's your PPE? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so uh, the sand wall. Not the first time we've seen one of those attack people. It, if you go back to like the mummy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least this one didn't have a face, but sandstorms though in film that's a that's pretty common. I mean, yeah. didn't didn't Indy get uh, stopped by a sandstorm or get yeah, caught in one? He's been caught in a couple. Uh, what was the movie there? Um, space I thought it was based on a true story. Hid, uh, Hidalgo, the the horse movie with mm. um, oh, Viggo yeah. Mortensen. Yeah, the big sandstorm in that as well. Um, yeah. But sandstorms. What's that, Hank? The opening of Close Encounters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sandstorms with giant uh, multicolored uh, lightning. lightning bolts, though. That's a new one. Mm. Or is it? <laughs> oh, I, I just, the cutscene from Return of the Jedi. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. From uh, when they when they get, uh, um, when they go back to where the Falcon and Falcon Luke's is. X-Wing yeah, are part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I owe you one. <laughs> All right. Um, there's some Orabesh here on Tech's uh, visor in this case. It, uh it actually translates. This one actually uh, took me a little bit because uh, just like uh, in the racing episode, there were some uh, uh, symbols that we don't very often see in this mm-hmm. one. Turns out it says uh, perimeter scan, artificial structure detected, scan mode, local radius, 250 meters, and then scan parameters. And then it's an L with a, uh, a backslash. And that's the one that got me. I'm like, backslash? Oh, but I did find it. It was on uh, one of the Orbesh charts. It's with all the numbers and all the other punctuation. Uh, IR uh, hyphen three backslash constant. So I just assumed that that's uh, the, the, the L is light and the IR is infrared. Yeah. I've always likened text visor to like the, the like heads up display, the almost. scanning mode in the Arkham games, like, mm-hmm. like Batman's cowl. Yeah. It kind of gives a similar. Or like Google Jarvis and Iron Man, right? <laughs> Google glasses or who Jarvis and Iron Man. Oh yeah. Very similar. Yeah, very similar stuff. That's probably more uh, more uh, friendly considering the whole Marvel Disney. Yeah, <laughs> can we talk about Star Wars and DC in the same? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we can. As long as no one's paying attention, right? That's right. All right. Well, uh, when the cave-in settles, Hunter ignites uh, a handheld mining lantern, and the crew move uh, to inspect the damage. Well, the entrance is completely blocked by tons of material which is the catalyst for the latest techism, as he points out the obvious. So now we are trapped and we have lost all of our Ipsium. Ah, man. <laughs> uh, Wrecker picking up where they left off when the Havoc Marauder was uh, stolen blurts out, I suppose that was my fault too. And Tech is happy to oblige him when he answers, well, technically, yes. If you would not let our ship get stolen, we would be aborted right now with the mineral. So the... Go ahead. Uh, this is a good. It's a good point to point this out. That this is the first time we've seen them bicker. Yeah. In uh, sixteen plus episodes. I don't know what that is. Twenty twenty seven episodes, something like that. A season um, and a half. Yeah. Um, they, they've been pretty tight knit squad. Uh, you know the odd uh, jab here and there, but th- there's a lot of bickering going on, um, suggesting that either crosshair or echo is like the glue. Like, yeah, uh, you know, the, the, they seem to be falling apart a little. 
um, especially uh, Wrecker and Tech in terms of the getting on one another's nerves, right? Passing right. the buck, uh, pl- placing blame, things that um, well-oiled soldiers don't readily do. You know what I mean? Like, I think it speaks uh, more to the, and that's that's where I want to make a distinction because the there's the soldier comment, but then Omega later on. But we're more than that. We're a family, right. and right. that's brothers and do families that. Thicker. Right. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And maybe this is just and... their way of dealing with echo it's being that on. you know it's that ev- natural evolution yeah. it, it ties it ties nicely in with hunters struggling with what to do now that there's no yeah. war yeah a um, transition are, from soldier yeah. to family member just being a family yeah. yeah absolutely a highly skilled family that if you can find them maybe you can hire them oh, mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> couldn't help it <laughs> but you figure Omega like, is all, Amy. <laughs> yeah really <laughs> you figure like though the adults are all putting on the brave face right yeah and maybe getting what we get out of tech later on is the first one that we actually break through that yeah there's something to be said about that too like would he have would he would we see that fracture if it was in front of everybody else or is there a is there a, ma- a modicum of safety for tech because it's just the two of them i think it's yeah, it, no, you can, op- you can open up more to Omega. Yeah, yeah, that's like because you know, on paper, I mean, even not even on paper, I this is not the worst scrape they've been in, even this season. No, no. <laughs> right? So, uh, it's it, this is all about uh, emotional stuff, of course, it is. Yeah, yeah, and it plays really well as far as I'm concerned. All right, well, Omega watches awkwardly as the two bicker, and then finally, Hunter steps in and tells them. None of this is helping. Adding, let's start digging our way out of here. Wrecker takes his cue from Hunter and he offers fine, but unwilling to let it go, he still throws an elbow into Tech's chest as he walks over to the wall of collapsed rock. And it's not a tap either because Tech actually has to take a step back uh, to catch his balance. So there's your two brothers and your Uh, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, later, as the crew works to move the boulders blocking the entrance, Omega paces uh, back and forth uh, with Tech's scanner. She keys in a sequence, and the device whirs and beeps. Scratching her brow, she declares, something's not right. The Marauder's transponder isn't relaying a signal. Tech adjusts his glasses, and he flashes a sideways glance at Wrecker as he says, it was probably disabled by the thief who commandeered it. Wrecker glares back at him and, and growls as he lifts a giant boulder <laughs> with her arms open at her sides. Omega asks, then how are we going to track it? Trying his best to keep everyone focused. Hunter says the ship isn't important right now because they need to get out of the mine first. And tech agrees with him, adding that it's likely that they won't recover the ship anyway. And Omega, she can't take it, and uh, she raises her voice and says, What? Don't say that! We have to get it back! Coldly, Tech tells her that they can always get another ship, adding that it's merely a mode of transportation. Clearly upset, Omega throws up her arms as she says, The Marauders are home! And she angrily adds, We already lost Echo, we can't lose that too! Climbing down from the rocks, Hunter says softly, we didn't lose echo then looking squarely at tech he says he's just on another mission but that's not what she wants to hear as she retorts but he's not here he's not with us and her voice cracks we're supposed to be a squad 
then Tech, who seemingly has no comprehension of nuance, goes full Captain Obvious and then crushes Omega even further when he looks down at her and says, this squad existed before Echo was part of it, and it will exist after. What is your issue? Glaring back at Tech, Omega tosses the scanner at him before picking up a lantern and storming off. Hunter tries to reason with her, but makes it very she makes it very clear that she just wants to be alone. Man, um, they really pushed it with with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like full captain, obvious. Yeah. Like, I mean, this yeah, has been yeah. tech, this has been tech all along, and it's been played for comedy mostly. Yeah. But this is the first time where it's really been like intentionally get under your skin to make you feel uncomfortable with it. Yeah. But he's not trying to. He's just stating it like, you know, we were a squad without him. Yeah. He came along and now we're a squad again. And he just, he truly has no comprehension that it's even affecting her that way. No, no. Because it doesn't affect him that way. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter and Wrecker both turn to face Tech, and Tech, who's still oblivious to his insensitivity, gestures at where Omega was just standing as he says, I merely pointed out the truth. Disappointingly, Hunter says, she already knows the truth. Then throwing up his arms, he says, that's why she's upset. Wrecker just stands silent, staring at Tech. Then after a few seconds, Tech awkwardly uh, gets up and he walks away. With the lantern in hand, Omega walks down a metal-graded corridor, kicking a rock as she goes. Coming to a junction, she heads down a smaller corridor. This one is uh, roughly hewn. Looking back, she sniffles as she wipes some tears away from her eyes. And uh, after a few more steps, she comes to a bend in the tunnel and sits down, drawing her knees up to her chest. And uh, she then turns off the lantern and uh, drifts off to sleep. Now, did anybody else think this was maybe like a animal borehole? No, I just assumed that this was a tunnel that hadn't been uh, reinforced. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but that's that's a valid point, though. Because, like, I guess though we've already seen in the uh, the previous one, right, where tunnels for whatever that animal was. Oh, on, right, uh, right. In uh, in the uh, the the Zepho one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the mecha godzilla episode yeah the other pitch black one <laughs> mecha godzeffo <laughs> <laughs> hey is that the new term now can we use that yeah let's mecha, go with that mecha godzeffo <laughs> you heard it here folks you heard it here first guys <laughs> nice. all right well later on omega wakes up under the soft glow of her headlamp i actually really appreciated this that the they made a point she it's not that the light, light yeah, the light didn't get brighter. It's just her eyes have adjusted or acclimatized to the darkness. And I like the way that they made that look for us so that we could get yeah. that, that that was happening. Uh, she wakes up under the uh, soft glow of her headlamp. It turns out uh, that the handheld lantern was too bright uh, for her to notice uh, another glow coming from further down the tunnel. Now with her eyes adjusted to the darker conditions, she's able to follow it to a hole in the tunnel wall. Crouching down, she takes a peek through, and then laying her hand on the wall to test it, she takes out the drilling tool and begins to drill into the wall just a few inches below the hole. Uh, To her surprise, the wall is quite thin, and it crumbles away uh, to reveal a much larger opening. Well, at least large enough for her, anyway. Poking her head through, Omega is surprised to find there is a vertical shaft laden with uh, rich ipsium deposits 
as far as she can see in either direction. Back at the mine entrance, the clone brothers continue to work at moving the stone away from the mouth of the tunnel. Wrecker, who is literally rolling boulders the size of small cars, uh, tosses one off the pile and he sits down with a groan. It'll take days to clear a path at this rate. Agitated by the remark, Hunter tells him that complaining about it won't make it go any faster. <laughs> Tech, Tech, meanwhile, who's braced uh, against one rock and is using both legs to push at another, says this operation could use a well-placed detonation. Shooting a sideways look at Wrecker, he ad adds that a small amount of Ipsium would be more than enough. Getting up from the rock that he was sitting on, uh, Wrecker walks over and he grabs the rock that Tech is currently working on and he rolls it away like it's a beach ball. At the same time, he shoots back uh, at Tech that they had a small amount, but someone dropped it. It's funny, you know, the, after they've been, you know, they've been scolded by Hunter, who's the big brother in this case, and they're still going at it, still taking oh, yeah. shots. Yeah. Accepting that he was responsible for losing the Ipsium, Tech says he will take it upon himself to search for any potential deposits in the mine. Then Hunter chimes in and says, that's not the only mistake you need to fix. While Wrecker sits down and menacingly growls at him, yeah, go check on the kid. Confused, Tech says, but she said she wanted to be alone. Hunter, trying to make it as clear as possible, says, look, she's clearly having a hard time adjusting to Echo leaving. Talk to her. Tech lets out a very well, then puts on his helmet and a backpack, and he heads off to find Omega. Well, back at the vertical mine shaft, Omega now stands on a ledge uh, overlooking it. Setting her lamp down, she runs her hand across an Ipsium deposit as she uh, takes a better look around. At the same time, Tech uh, is using his scanner and a flashlight to trace Omega's path. Finding her in the mineshaft, Tech is surprised to see both the Ipsium and Omega drilling into it. Poking his head through the opening in the tunnel wall, Tech takes off his helmet and uh, calls out to her. But Omega, who still isn't interested in talking to him, stays focused on the drill in her hand as she says, I'm busy. Tech acknowledges her focus, but not without asking if she's aware that there is enough Ipsium in the shaft to potentially take down the entire mine. Without looking at Tech, Omega extracts some of the Ipsium and says, then you better not distract me. <laughs> Holding up the Ipsium, Omega tells Tech that uh, she thought they could use it to blow through the cave-in. Then checking his data pad, Tech tells her that was the same conclusion he came to. With the Ipsium canister in hand, Omega says, a little help. And taking the canister, Tech says that uh, this vein of Ipsium appears to be more pure than what they found in Sid's mine. And he suggests that Omega should extract as much as she can. Looking up at Tech, she asks, you trust me to do that? Uh, now, the answer he gives, I hear, I think is really well written. Um, I think it's like the closest that you will see Tech come to having to eat crow with, yet still comes across as a, a Techism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Techism for, for people who are just joining us. That's uh, when we, when Tech says something obvious, we just call it a Techism because it's kind of just, yep, that's him. He says, I'm fully aware you are capable of the task with just enough subtlety to suggest that 
he's actually trying to be sensitive with how he speaks to her. Mm-hmm. Omega considers his words for a second before nodding. And then looking up at her brother, she enthusiastically tells him to grab the empty vials from her bag. Tech gives a quick nod and he sets out to retrieve them. So technically now, yeah, they're the poachers. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they've just claimed they're, jumped they're, somebody else's yeah, mind. they're stealing <laughs> from somebody else's mind. <laughs> Later, Omega fills another canister. Handing it off to Tech, she asks how many are left. Uh, handing her an empty one, he tells her this is the last one. As Tech stows the Ipsium in her bag, we can see that there is at least four full canisters in the bag. Meanwhile, Omega reaches for another deposit just out of reach. Taking a knee, she braces herself against the wall and she tries to stretch out for it. Now her foot slips a little bit and it knocks some uh, loose debris into the shaft and uh, she repositions herself to try again. And uh, with a little effort and a lot of grunting, she manages to reach the deposit. Um, but with just one hand on the drill, she's uh, unable to control the tool properly. Uh, anybody who's ever handled a drill that's ever bit into something can appreciate what is about to happen here. Mm-hmm. When she activates the drill, the bill bite at uh, the bill, the drill bites into the rock and wrenches Omega right off the ledge. Dropping the drill, she manages to get both hands onto the rock uh, that she had just been drilling into, and she hangs there precariously. Struggling to pull herself up, she calls out to Tech. He sees her hanging there, and he tells her to hang on as he folds himself through the small opening in the tunnel wall. With her grip failing, Omega slips further down, but then Tech is right there reaching for her, and Omega tries to grab his hand, but it's just out of reach, and she falls, screaming into the darkness below. Tech calls out Omega as she falls. And without hesitation, he looks down into the darkness and plunges into the shaft after her. Um, I thought that was very heroic. Mm. No idea what you're going into. You don't have your visor on to even have a, the Batman look down the shaft. Just, okay, I'm going. Yep. So very good for him. After a short fall, both Omega and tech land in a swift flowing underground river. The water is moving so fast that uh, Omega can't swim against it. Uh, but behind her and moving with the flow, Tech is able to uh, to get to her. And uh, grabbing a hold of Omega, he flips onto his back and pulls her up onto his chest. Meanwhile, back at the mine entrance, Hunter and Wrecker continue to move rocks away from the opening. And they've made good progress because the metal hatch ring on the inside of the mine is now visible. Stopping to take a rest, Wrecker downs what's left from his canteen while Hunter looks down the tunnel with some visible concern, which isn't lost on Wrecker, who asks, what is it, Hunter? Staring back at his brother, Hunter doesn't answer. Instead, he pulls the comm link from his belt and he tries to radio tech. When there's no response, he tries to raise Omega and still no response. Getting up, Hunter says something's wrong. Then both he and Wrecker take off running down the tunnel. Down in the water, it seems like the tunnel is getting narrower, and both Tech and Omega struggle to keep their heads above water. Uh, But then both of them are pulled under, and the flow blasts them through an underwater tunnel. And just when it seems like all is lost, suddenly the tunnel opens to a cavern with a waterfall feeding an underground lake. Uh, The lake itself is lit from below by a massive Ipsium deposit. 
coughing and sputtering, both Omega and Tech breach the surface of the lake and drag themselves to a nearby shore where they collapse on their backs to catch their breath. And then Tech's comlink chimes in, and it's Hunter asking if they're all right. Sitting up on his elbow, Tech looks around the cavern as he says, We took an unforeseen detour, but we're still alive. Hunter asks where they are, and Tech says that's a good question and tells him to stand by. Omega peers around and uh, spotting something, she gets up and she walks towards it. Uh, Tech sees that and follows. And it's a thin slice of yellow light coming through the cavern wall. Peering through it with uh, one eye, Omega tells Tech to look at it. So checking the opening with his scanner, Tech is surprised to learn there is a passageway behind the wall. And he tells Omega they can use the Ipsium she collected to blast through it. Omega's eyes light up and a slight smile creeps up on her face as hmm. a tech radios hunter to tell him they found a way out, but they'll need him and Wrecker to get their gear. With flashlights in hand, Wrecker leads Hunter down the rough hewn tunnel to where tech and Omega had been previously working. Hunter radios that they have uh, the gear and tech tells him that they now have to climb down the vertical shaft and basically ride the raging river until it spits them out the same way that it did uh, him and Omega. Although he does add a cautionary for them to uh, not to compromise the mineral, otherwise they will perish. Staring down the shaft, Wrecker blurts out, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Hunter tells them hang tight and that they're on their way while Wrecker groans and says, I hate this planet. <laughs> That's the one thing though. Uh, I can see wreck or uh Hunter and Omega fitting through fine and sure. Tech as well. But how'd they get Wrecker through that hole? Uh, they did it, they flew by map. I don't know, plot, plot grease, <laughs> plot, plot grease. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, back in the lakeside cavern. Uh, Tech sits down on the shore next to Omega and reassures her they'll be out of there uh, there in short order once the others arrive with the Ipsium. But Omega is still upset at the bigger picture as she reminds him that even when they do get out, they still don't have the Havoc Marauder or a way off the planet, nor can they contact Echo for help. But optimistically, Tech says they don't need help because they will figure out a solution as they always do. Closing her eyes, Omega shakes her head before looking back at Tech and tell him, uh, telling him, everything is changing and you don't even care. In a moment of complete honesty and self-reflection, Tech says that he's not sure how he should care about change because it is a fundamental part of life. And in a flash of anger, Omega shouts, Echo left, why doesn't that bother you? Struggling to relate, Tech continues, I am aware that you miss him, but we have to adapt and move on. Adding, that is what soldiers do. Staring at the water, Omega says, we're more than that. We're a family. Then glancing up at Tech, she meekly asks, aren't we? Caught off guard, Tech stumbles on his words. Well, um, and then finally lands on, yes. Yes, of course we are. Then in her own honesty, Omega asks, then why don't you act like it? Recoiling at the question, Tech finds himself at a loss for words. He turns and he looks out over the water, contemplating what to say next. And after a moment, he lets out a sigh and says that Echo chose a different path, just like Crosshair did. 
and he has to respect their decision, even if those decisions are hard to understand. And in light of them, they must still carry on. With a sincerity in his voice that we've never heard before, Tech faces the reality of how his genetic mutation impairs his social skills when he says, I may process moments and thoughts differently, but it does not mean that I feel any less than you. Omega takes it in, and it seems like there's a bit of an understanding between them. But then the moment is broken as a wailing wrecker gets ejected by the waterfall. <laughs> Sploosh. I tried to record it. It just, if the, if I could have split the audio, like the music from the vocal track, it would have been perfect, but I couldn't. Anyway, that's my best impression of Wrecker getting spit out by a waterfall. There you go. Both Hunter and Wrecker bob to the surface of the underground lake and they swim ashore. Dragging himself up on the beach, Wrecker collapses face first and gives a thumbs up as Omega kneels down beside him and says, see, that wasn't so bad. Later, Omega places a vial of Ipsium on the rock wall near the open crack, then she and the rest of the crew retreat several meters back behind a large boulder. Taking out his pistol, Tech, uh, tech takes aim, and in protest, Wrecker asks, how come he gets to blow it up? <laughs> but it's Tech who answers with, if the shot is not precise, it will cause another cave-in. This is an interesting, uh, interesting uh, point here. That suggests that after a crosshair, Tech is the second best marksman in the crew. Mm. Yeah, really. It really does. True. With both hands on the pistol grip, Tech fires a single round at the Ipsium, and the resulting explosion blows a hole to the outside large enough for several people to walk through line abreast. Tech and Omega exchange glances before looking at the light spilling in through the new opening. Well, emerging from the cavern into the daylight, there's no evidence that the storm that of the storm that had raged through earlier. Standing on the edge of the mesa, uh, Tech puts on his helmet and he pulls down his visor. Zooming in on the settlement off in the distance, he indicates with his hand, that is the spaceport, adding that it doesn't look like there's any activity there. Holding his stomach, Wrecker blurts out, well, there better be some chow there because I'm sick of rations. And turning to Omega, Hunter says, let's check it out. And Omega nods and takes the lead as they all head out. Good for her taking the lead on that. Later that night, the crew finally arrive at the settlement, only to find that it has in fact been abandoned. And according to Hunter, for quite some time now, sitting down on a nearby crate, Wrecker says, we came all this way for nothing. But Tech interjects, not for nothing, as he looks up at a tall radio tower and says, I can send a long-range transmission with that array. Later on, with the communication link established, uh, we join the crew mid-conversation with Sid. Sid is less than sympathetic as she tells them, No can do, fellas. I'm tied up at the moment. You'll have to figure it out yourselves. Stabbing a finger at Sid's hollow image, Hunter pointedly tells her, you sent us on this mission. But she doesn't care as she condescendingly remarks, well, I didn't tell you to get your ship stolen, did I? <laughs> Omega pleads with her, Sid, we need your help. And it's Tech's turn as he uh, precisely recounts how they helped her get the parlor back from Roland Durand and clear her sizable debt with Malegi. 
Well, angrily, Sid cuts him off. I didn't ask for a recap, goggles. <laughs> but after a second, she groans. All right, give me a few days and I'll see what I can do. Hunter tries to tell her that they don't have enough rations to last a few days, but Sid cuts off the transmission before he can finish. Boy. Leaning in towards Hunter, Wrecker asks, what do we do now? But it's Omega that answers. We'll figure it out like we always do. And she nods at Tech, who gives her the slightest of smiles. But it is a smile nonetheless, which is kind of cool coming from Tech. Yeah. It's real cool. Omega nods in acknowledgement. And then uh, Hunter walks off as he notices more storm clouds off in the distance. And then uh, the rest of the crew join, uh, join him as they all watch. And with one final long shot of the entire settlement uh, with the storm raging off in the distance, we hear the rumbling of uh, thunder and then we uh, fade to black. Actually composited that last image. That's actually two separate images. I wanted both fla lightning flashes in there. So mm. the compositing there worked out pretty good. Nice. That's our episode. That is uh, The Crossing. I didn't really, uh, we didn't really talk about the uh, implications of the, the title uh, this week. Crossing, is it the uh, crossing of the mine, crossing of the land? Is it the, the crossing of we've, we've, we've crossed a point in our relationships? Is it all of that? I, I mean, it could be all of that. Yeah. They're usually more obvious too. Like there's, yeah, this one, it doesn't work as some other ones, I guess, like crossing. I mean, <laughs> the crossing would be suggest you know like i said this they've been through way worse than this and yeah. so this doesn't seem like that big a deal um i mean i like i gotta reserve full judgment to to uh see what's going to happen in the second half of this i think this is the first pure like uh uh cliffhanger we've had yeah i'm not really sure like what is the uh you know, is this going to be, uh, are we going to have more time on this planet? Is She says it's going to be a couple of days. Mm. Are we just going to yeah. pick them, pick them up and oh, we're, we're back to Lord Mantell and what do well, we do now? They've got three days to figure a way off themselves. They have time. I yeah. mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, TJC says uh, crossing a line with Omega uh, with everything changing. Maybe everything is changing. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. Um I mean, you know, uh, what seven episodes left? We've we've crossed the midway, uh, the yeah. midpoint of the season. <laughs> the, I mean, it, it works that, on that level too, right? Crossing over there, um, yeah. But certainly, we, you know, those dangling uh, participles <laughs> again. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, uh, this this suggests that there's a uh, adventure of the week part two coming, and that puts us six episodes away from the. Uh, uh, the finale so and right. which we know to be a double a two-parter yep uh i just i i really hope that there's some uh some greater implications certainly the the character building in this is fantastic but i i really want to get to the, the that that cloning stuff that that was uh dangled in our heads in the season the finale. End of season one yeah season one yeah i am definitely down for that i want to know what's going on with echo uh i mean echo has been a, a, a an integral part of the show um, you know, there was some talk from uh, some other outlets about how, uh, uh, essentially in season one tech and Omega, sorry, tech and, uh, uh, echo were relegated to sort of, uh, you know, third tier characters that were just kind of along for the ride. 
Um, and both of them have had way more growth. emotional, yeah, character growth this season. But now they've taken Echo right out of it. And I just, I can't, I don't, even Hunter said, oh, you know, we'll, we'll see him again. Yeah. Now, is that Hunter's way of saying, yep, in the finale? <laughs> like, is that is that what that is? The see you in the finale? Or are we <laughs> going to see what he's doing with, uh, potentially with Rex? Mm-hmm. I certainly would we be spent a lot of time with Echo, you know, over the over the years. Yeah, um, you know, Between in the shows, and we know him way better than we know the, the rest of this cast. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I said that the in the Clone Wars sort of season seven, I was like, oh, well, that's a strange choice, um, to go with these guys. Um, it makes sense in terms of. Uh, you know, superhero team, <laughs> but yeah. it didn't make sense for his character to leave Rex, especially after that trauma. It, it, you know, it, no, it really it, didn't. It yeah. really didn't. And I'm, and like I said, back in season one, uh, when Rex showed up and they were talking about getting involved and I'm like, if anybody's got a reason to go, it's echo. It, it's echo. And, and even he, he says it a again. few times early in the season is like, we need, shouldn't we, we be, doing, be more? doing more? Yeah. I'd like to see what more of what that more might look like. Yeah. I think we'll, I think we're going to get it. Like we spent that one full episode. It be its own show. Dealing with, yeah. Dealing with Crosshair. After order 66. I can't I help but think that now he is now knowing what we know, that he is now tied directly to probably two characters that we collectively like the least in the Martez sisters, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that, yeah, yeah that was arguably yeah. the weakest arc in season seven of the clone wars was that that arc and i thought what what do these two what what do they what purpose do they serve okay they're going to do I, the right thing I, on their own way but they also have that garage on for me the they, they yeah. could have been anybody um and i think that's the idea is that what what they're supposed to teach us was uh this is what the average citizen of the galaxy feels about the Jedi now. Yeah. And that was, that was what was informing sort of Ahsoka's decisions Oh, this. Uh, I'm, I, I feel justified because the people who I swore to, uh, I don't know, protect and serve, if you will, like as a Jedi, you're yeah. a servant yeah. of the Republic. That's um, right. And, 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 you know, it justified her, her, her actions and leaving. But it could have been any two sisters or any two characters. Um, I think those, again, those were assets that were uh, originated in the uh, canceled seasons, and they just reused yeah. the asset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tying them I mean, now uh, to Rex, though, in this series, I can't help but think that they're now, you know, for better or for worse, have a much larger role to play, and I feel like we will see them again. More than likely. I mean... The the coolest thing about them was the fact that they they had their parents killed by uh, inadvertently by Anakin chasing gangsters throughout Coruscant. And yeah. I thought that was a really cool way to bring uh, a personal, you know, you couldn't be connected to Ahsoka more than if your master killed your parent, her parents inadvertently. Yeah. Like. Yep. You know. Yeah. So there's, there was another thing floating around this week that I saw, um, and, and we can talk about this cause I want to, I want to get your guys' opinion on this, uh, article I read earlier, uh, yesterday, yesterday said that the bad batch has spent so much time trying to stay out of, uh, the, the larger 
uh, galactic happenings that they need something to get them back in. And it was suggested that the death of Echo might be the catalyst for that. How do we feel about that? Hmm. I mean, I said that same thing about Cody. Um, as soon as they join Rex, yeah, and then knowing Rebels the way I do, and yeah. and knowing who's with Rex and Rebels, and that it's not yeah. Cody or Echo, that I know they don't make it. I, I like I, I, I've, I've come to terms with that. I wrap my. They're, I don't like it. There are so few clones that, that exist by that time. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But I'm shaking your hand on the deal because I know that. <laughs> We know that not a lot of people are going to make it. We know, again, uh, Gregor, Gregor, Wolf, and Rex by the time we get to Rebels, and we know that by the time we get to Return of the Jedi, Rex. <laughs> right? We don't know the fate of anybody else. No, that's um, right. But really, I think that more importantly, like I said before, redemption is this huge part of Star Wars, and would it not be more poignant to make that uh, the crosshair that redemption arc we talk for crosshair if crosshair dies doing the right thing in service yeah. of the galaxy yeah. that would motivate them to get involved yeah more so I, than I mean, echo i think it just occurred to me if they wanted crosshair to go full-on bad guy yep have him kill echo and that may Something, in fact a thing that like he could never cross back from like that that the, these guys would never forgive him for no yep. matter what yep yep, yep. And that would draw them into the conflict. Absolutely, it would. So, I mean, there's lots of meat there on this uh, on this idea. Um, how it plays out remains to be seen. If they choose to do any uh, any of that, yeah, yeah, like there could be I mean, a third that. option. Yeah, <laughs> still got to see that crazy arm. Well, there's what more echo to come arm? because <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> they gave him a they gave him a barbecue rotisserie. We don't even know what it's for. <laughs> That better save the galaxy. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> the barbecue rotisserie. <laughs> Characters come with no accessories and suddenly to have one that doesn't even exist. It, it better be a plot point. Listen, the Jen or the Jen action figure came with a rank and that wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> she was a sergeant on the box. I yeah. saw it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She might've been one. in the, uh, in the original version. That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was rewritten. Yeah. 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 That was our uh, coverage of uh, episode uh, 209 of Star Wars The Bad Batch, The Crossing. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, uh, following along as much as we loved uh, bringing it to you. Uh, there is lots more Bad Batch to come, and don't forget, uh, The Mandalorian is creeping up uh, even closer. Um, cool little uh, uh, TV spot there. <laughs> Did you see the TV spot? Yes. Grogu spinning on the chair. The arm yeah. will move. The arm. Whee! Whee! Using the force to eat the candies. Yes. Uh, and we'll be there to cover it all. Uh, don't forget uh, we our new series uh, every Tuesday night. Um, last week, we, it was Valentine's Day. So we actually postponed. We actually went on Wednesday night. And the number of times I said Tuesday night random fandom, and it never even occurred to me that the folks in the comments <laughs> were like, what do you mean Tuesday? Normally it's Tuesday. <laughs> Normally it's Tuesday. It will be Tuesdays. The show's name is Tuesday Night Random Phantom. So that's that's what's going to be going on. Uh, and again, we look forward to uh, you guys joining us. 
that show it's a call-in show all the details are uh, up on our uh, our facebook as well as our youtube channel we've got uh, uh custom whatsapp links uh built in there for you so you can get a hold of us i will not be answering any calls outside of show time so please do not call outside of uh, live stream times that being said um we'll see you tuesday night <laughs> yeah <laughs> anything anybody would like to close on before we sign off for the evening we got a merch store, boys. We do have a merch store now. Merch um, store. They make some pretty got? cool stuff, man. Our custom URL uh, it sucks. It doesn't work very well. But <laughs> the, the description is in every. Uh, the link is in every uh, every video description. Go check you it out, Andy. We're what over. Uh, we're pretty close to what fifty. Uh, I think we're over fifty. We're over fifty designs there right now. Lots of uh, uh, lots of pop culture inspired designs over there that will probably look pretty familiar to you, as well as uh, all the logos for all of our uh, review series, including this one, as Hank is sporting tonight. Go check it out. If you guys uh, like what you're doing, what like what we're doing, check out our Patreon for uh, details on how you can become part of the the production team. So, Eric, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> our singular patron. Anyway, guys, this has been a, a, an honor and a privilege to uh, sit here with you gentlemen and do this uh, week after week. And I look forward to uh, doing this for many more. So listen, guys, until Tuesday night or next week or whenever we see you next time uh, for Fandom Power. My name is Wes. I'm Andy. And I'm Hank. And we will catch you on the next video. Bye for now, everybody. Same batch time. Same batch channel. We got it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.